my great joy to introduce to you the three musketeers hailing from the land of remote work. We have Marissa, career coach and queen of all. We have Jeff, our sassy SEO shaman. And we have Diego, who has spent his 20s building a community of remote working lunatics. Sure, these folks are going to be the people that will get you beach commute ready. And they'll do it in the most exciting way possible. So, happy listening. Hello, welcome to the Digital Nomad Experts podcast here at Beach Commute. You've got all three of us today, me, Marissa, Diego, and Jeff. Uh, today is all about COVID and what it's like to be traveling in the time of COVID. So we got a lot of information to share with you guys today. But first, where in the world are you boys today? I'm home. I'm back in California. Oh. I've got a place that, uh, yeah, we've talked about it before. I rent... I rent a place up in Northern California around wine country, and I need time with my dog, basically. So <laughs> here I am. You'll hear her snoring, certainly, on the podcast. Um, hopefully our listeners don't get bothered by that too much. There's, it's actually a bit of a routine because I take early morning calls. And everybody, like we've got the whole marketing team together, and everybody has knows the sound. They'll hear Charlie like wolfing down food and then doing this big slurping <laughs> sound as she sucks down a gallon of water for the day. <laughs> and everybody knows this big slurping sound because it's so loud. And then when she's done, she comes, know you're home. Wet mouth. she comes and wet, wipes, wipes her wet mouth on my knee. And then it's, that's it. That's the routine. That is, that is love. <laughs> Welcome home, Jeff. Diego, where are you joining us today? Yeah, so I'm over in, in Cape Town. We just got here, what, I think it's now two, two three weeks ago. I'd been, yeah, really looking forward actually to coming to to Cape Town. I'd, I'd heard a lot about it from a lot of people in in the community as well, and um, we meant to be, you know, we meant to try to get out here for ages now, for probably about the last three years, and for some reason it never worked out. So yeah, finally happened, and it is awesome. It is a really really cool place. I I think we could dedicate an entire podcast just to talking a little bit about. Um, yeah, what it's like and why people are so obsessed with it here. Is the coffee up to our standards? You know what, Jeff? Actually, Romanian <laughs> coffee was better. And I am mind blown yeah. by that. But still so good that like this place is just so awesome for so many other reasons. I will forgive mm, okay. uh, the coffee scene. So shocking. Wow. Romania is, is full on third wave coffee. Yeah, 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 yeah. Full on third wave. It's incredible. What does that even mean? What is third wave coffee? There's I'll, three I'll waves of please. coffee. She, I don't right. know what you mean. How do we how do we black out her little bubble on the screen? I'm out. I'm out no. of this episode, guys. You can do it no yourself. Offense. First wave, first wave of coffee is like the old our parents Folgers in a can. Just you know, check. Oh. remember the cans, cans of coffee. That's first wave. Yeah. Second wave okay. was like the Starbucks when you start getting like the mixed coffee drinks. And third wave is kind of what we're seeing now. Like anywhere where you go and you see like latte art or like a really a focus on like the origin of the beans and like, like artisan, artisan, like pour over types of coffee. That's third wave coffee. That's what you're looking for. My introduction to this episode was a joke. This whole episode was just to draw you in and talk about the three different kinds of coffee. (laughs) (laughs) Now that we got them. (laughs) We got them. Now we've got you. Now they'll listen. (laughs) (laughs) It was just a facade, but super excited. Yeah, I've heard amazing things about uh, Cape Town and coffee. South Africa in general and, co- and coffee in general. <laughs> um, but yes, I can't wait to go. You definitely need to do a whole episode and just like tell us why everything, everyone is so obsessed with Cape Town. We'll have to hear it. So 
We're going to jump in to all things COVID. I'm going to let Diego kick it off just to talk about, uh, before we even talk about the the details of what it's like, the things you have to consider, um, what does it mean to be traveling during COVID right now? And as a traveler, how can we be mindful while doing so? Yeah, that's really been the the big challenge, I think, since we started traveling. So uh, it's now over a year ago that that we went back into it with with Wi-Fi Tribe. So again, Wi-Fi Tribe is that community of people, you know, traveling, um, doing month by month in different destinations. Uh, and because we go out there with you know anywhere between fifteen to maybe twenty five people, obviously the risk for COVID is is a lot higher as well. Um, so we would have to do a lot of research before we we headed out for the first time and. It was. It took us about six months until we started to do that, and then we obviously really had to think. Okay, well, what is the if we're going to do this right? If we're going to basically live this luxury of um, of being able to have this lifestyle when you know, in many other places in many countries, um, they're really struggling with with COVID, then we have to do it in a way that is respecting that and that is really cautious and and in in short, the just for me really was just um, never being the link in that chain that passes something on to a local person who at the end of the day might not have the same um yeah the same ability to deal with the disease that we do right because generally speaking we are um quite quite healthy and you know we're, we're sort of a group of younger um younger people younger adults so we're not as affected by it it boils down to really trying to figure out how we can protect the local um, community right so that's i think that's sort of the, the basic premise of traveling currently during covid and nothing in my opinion nothing's really changed from where it was a year ago when we set out to travel again for the first time. And now, of course, yeah, right now, most of the people traveling are vaccinated. Currently, there's there's 25 of us here and we're, we're all vaccinated. So that, that is a good thing. But it doesn't mean that we're uh, immune to it. And more importantly, it doesn't mean that we're immune to carrying it and then passing it on to uh, to somebody else. Right. So that's that's sort of the the you know, the perspective that that I would recommend um, every traveler to take. And in short, you don't want to be that you know douchey tourist that's walking around the streets when you know when there's maybe a, a mask mandate and and you're the only one walking around without a mask right um it's at the end of the day we're we're visiting other people's um countries we're, we're guests in those places and um it's up to us to to be there as respectfully as we as we can right really do show up as as our best selves yeah so what are some precautions before we jump into the rest of it when you say like you don't want to be the link in that chain there's 25 of you guys there still navigating yeah being mindful yet we're still choosing to travel so what are some kind of precautions or things that you keep in mind to as best you can eliminate the risk of being that link in the chain that might pass it along yeah um so the the basics i guess are you know, living by the the regulations that the the country locally is is asking you to do. By default, most countries have, you know, been a little bit more. Um, well, they've, they've done their best to to try to control the the spread of COVID, of course. And we'll probably talk about this in a second as well. There are some countries that have really, you know, not cared that much, um, <laughs> which is which is um, unfortunate, obviously, as well for for the population there locally. But as long as you follow those restrictions, in most cases, you're doing the right thing. Um, beyond that, it, it boils down to the, the basics, right? If I'm traveling now, I probably really want to be um, vaccinated because I know that it's going to, um, yeah, it's just going to massively reduce the chances of me passing any, anything on. So that's obviously the first logical step. Um, next part is, you know, wearing, wearing doing, doing the classic things that you'll probably know from, from home, right? Wearing masks when you're around. Um, if, you, if you don't have to wear them outdoors, in my opinion, that's not as necessary. But again, different countries might have different regulations and might ask you to do that certainly when you're in um, in areas with a lot of people uh, around. 
And in our case, we've kind of, you know, we're, we're a group of 25. So we kind of have this bubble um, that we are in and we are a little bit less sort of active in the in the local community than we would have been before COVID, right? Mm-hmm. And that I think is another yeah. kind of important part. So when we we did have one um, scenario where there were there were a couple of COVID cases that that sort of broke out within the group, um, the good part was because it's contained, it means that it then stays in that um, in that group, and then you know when we're all, all all healed up and no longer able to pass it on, we can you know go back out there. Yeah. And you guys have done a lot of like, if anyone has symptoms, you are getting tested right away, wherever you are, you're quarantining if need be and and all of that. So yeah, great. Just, just to be mindful. Um, So let's talk. I know one of the questions I get the most from people now is like, can I be traveling? How do you know which countries you can go to? What do you have to do ahead of time? How is it different? So I'm going to kick this off to you, Jeff, to start and everyone can chime in of when you're now planning your travels and getting ready to, you know, buy your ticket to to leave that day at the airport, whatever it might be, the couple of days leading up to it, what are you doing now differently than pre-COVID of things that you just didn't have to think about before? Yeah, it's. I guess the the best answer is don't assume anything because wherever <laughs> you're gonna, everywhere you're gonna go is is probably gonna be a little different. And it's probably yeah. going to be a little more different two days from now. Like it's, it's com- <laughs> yes. it was easy last year because last year it was, you can't go. There's one answer. You can't go <laughs> yeah. or you can, or you can go. And there's just a select few countries where you could go. Uh, now, right. fortunately, um, most places are fairly open depending on where your passport is from. Like there's some instances where um, us Americans, me and you, Marissa can't just can't go. Um, yeah. but it really, really depends on where you're going and, um, it's going to be different everywhere. So my best advice, since I've kind of jumped around to quite a few places over the, the last six months or so is, um, looking online can be helpful, but also be careful because you'll find different information depending on where you go. So for example, like when we went to Italy, there was a government website that says you need to get a test before you come in. All right. Well, what kind of test? All right. So <laughs> in some places it'll say antigen tests, other places it'll say PCR tests. Um, and then we found out you don't need a test. <laughs> so, <laughs> so like a, a good, a good thing to do is to just ask people, right? Like you said, uh, we talked about before, uh, before we started this podcast, um, ask people that have been there. Um, Definitely do that. Also, the government websites are going to be a lot more reliable than um, just like news reports and stuff. And you'll see, yeah. you'll Google, you'll Google things like uh, requirements to get into XYZ country. And you're going to find a lot of news reports pop up because a lot of updates are constantly happening. And right. when you read those, you're going to read a lot of conflicting information depending on where the news source is because they're probably just skimming the government updates and they, they really don't know. So I would say, like, if you're to prioritize these things, ask people that are going there or are there right now, and then look at the government websites and figure out, like, what the latest updates are on that. Yeah, I would agree. And if you don't, I think we're lucky as as people who have been traveling for many years to have a lot of friends who likely, like, someone has been there recently or is there now or can put us in touch with someone who is maybe for someone just listening who's just getting started out. Um, You can also join Facebook groups, go online, find people who have recently been, because as Jeff is saying, 
these things are changing daily. You know, if I'm booking a trip a month ahead of time, which I'm really not doing right now, um, it might be different today than tomorrow, than two weeks and so and so. So luckily flights are pretty changeable still because of this. But I would say, you know, three, four, five days leading up to it, find someone on the ground who has just entered the country or is there and knows the deal. Because like you said, the government website is the, the best place you can kind of do your own research because it's going to be the most up to date, but the most like it's still so misleading and it can feel vague. So to ask a real person who's like, okay, I went when I got to the airport, this is what they asked. This is what they didn't ask. This is what I needed to do. I didn't know I needed this and I had to do that. Um, it's just like you, you can't replace that information. And also just Google right before uh, the days leading up to your flight, because I think like when you left Bulgaria, I think they cut yeah. off travel to there. So like yeah. if you've got a flight somewhere and their numbers <laughs> are going up and you find out that you can't get in, you need to know that. Like yeah. know that before you get to the airport. <laughs> so you have to keep on top yeah. of it. Yeah, absolutely. And to add to that, I think that's the other thing I would like to say traveling now is if I think back to pre-COVID, you, all three of us are pretty last minute travelers regardless. Uh, compared to a lot of the world, compared to a lot of the world, I don't like to book anything until like, I I absolutely have to and know I'm going. But even so, you know, before I would say, okay, I'm probably going to be here a month, maybe here two months from now, I think I want to go to that country three months from now. And so all of all three of us were just kind of in Europe all summer. And before we went, I remember Jeff and I were trying to meet in the same place. And like, we were like, we don't know what country we're going to be allowed to go into. So we really waited last minute to say, like, you ended up in Spain, Jeff. I ended up in Bulgaria uh, to start. But it was really last minute, like, am I still going to be allowed? I'm waiting until, you know, a week or two to book that. Because as long as you book, I would say two weeks before your flight leaves, it's really not that much more expensive. I mean, you may find cheaper deals here and there randomly, but you can book up to two weeks before it starts getting more expensive. So I would say wait until the last possible minute when you're still getting a good price and say, okay, in this two weeks, where can I go? What country is open? And you just can't plan ahead the same way you used to, because like like you said earlier, Jeff, Americans, you know, as we're American, like sometimes you're let in, sometimes you're not as European, sometimes you're let in depending on the country. Mm -hmm. And even traveling through Europe, I was with um, people from Israel and different cultures and like the between us or like people from Europe as well. And we all had different regulations, like traveling together, going to a different country of like, because they were European, they didn't have to do one thing. They didn't, you know, I had to do something else. And it it changes from what country your passport is, not even necessarily where you're coming from. And also a lot of places in Europe and elsewhere, um, if you're in like what they're calling now, like red zone countries, if, if it's like a high uh, a high population of COVID at that time, it might affect where you can go from there if you've been for a certain amount of time. So I would say the moral of this story is wait very last minute to book things and make sure you're really getting real-time information ahead of time and you just can't really plan ahead in the same way. But anything else to add there, Diego? Oh, Jeff, go ahead. Diego, <laughs> one, one last thing, and that, that is a good point about talk. Um, looking into what country you're coming from because you you could yeah. look at these things and say like i'm i've got a u.s passport i'm from the u.s and you're going to look at these regulations you're automatically going to make this oh yeah i'm you know what are the regulations for u.s travelers that's not necessarily the case right like if you're yeah. in romania for two weeks you are now coming from romania and that's a completely different situation so you need to look up yeah like what what the status is of the country that you're departing from 
because that's how they're going to treat you. Like if you're coming from a red or like a, it's even darker, what is it like magenta or something like the dark red zone? I don't know. Every every country has a different zone system of right. how they're rating the the risk level of where you're coming from. So keep that in mind where you're coming from, yeah. as opposed to where you're from. I can't remember the name of it at the moment. I'll put a link in the show notes to this. There's a good website that, again, it's it's not as up to date as Real Time Info or the government website. But you basically go and you say, "I am this. You know, this is where my passport is." This is where I'm coming from. This is where I want to go to. And you check, am I vaccinated? Yes or no. And we'll basically tell you, yes, you can go or no, you can't. Or yes, you need this. And I would say, you know, it's not perfect information, but at least it might flag something like, oh, there's a good chance I might need a test or I have to have a vaccine or I literally just can't go. I'm going to do some more research. So uh, I wrote it. It's in my notes somewhere, but I will share that as well. So... With that, or did you go anything else to add there? Yeah. Yeah, maybe just a, a small note on the fact that if you're a little bit more of an anxious traveler and you just don't want to take any risks, then I think I'm trying to get a, you know, a COVID test. Worst case, uh, you know, antigen's easier, um, but worst case, you, you take a proper PCR test and you get that done um, 72 hours before your flight um, or, or, you know, closer to your flight even then you're almost always going to be fine, right? Because it does happen that countries will sometimes require uh, a COVID test, even if you've got the the vaccine, and it can be a little bit random. Sometimes you don't know what it is. We have had people actually miss flights because they just didn't, you know, have all of the requirements. Usually it just boils down to, yeah. can you show a COVID test? If yes, all good, right? Um, so that's one to think about if, if this is a big concern for you. Perfect. Yeah, a lot of places do have it. And it's, it's nice to have it on hand. And also nice as a traveler to know you're not, spreading things as, as you go as, as best you can. So to that point, I'm going to kick it back to Jeff, who is the master of COVID tests and has had, how many did you say you've taken in the last like year or so, Jeff? Uh, 25 to 30. I have taken every type. I'm an expert on COVID tests. I've taken every type of test that you can take um, <laughs> in, in every different scenario. I, and mostly because I traveled through almost throughout the pandemic. <laughs> Oh, I mean, I've, I'm sure it's, it's, I've had a partial lobotomy from it. Again, I've had a few places that really are thorough with a pipe cleaner. Um, but yeah, I, uh, I traveled throughout the pandemic and then coming home, visiting people. It was a very uncertain, it was a very uncertain time. So, um, I've had to take a lot of different tests, just about every one that you yeah. can take. <laughs> so to that, Jeff, Mr. Expert, will you share with us? What it's like, maybe a lot of people probably listening have at least probably had one test, but maybe not. So talk to us, like, what's it like to take the test, all the different ones? And um, also, I guess, probably more relevant to this particular episode, where can people get it? So if you're like, all right, I got to yeah. I have to get a test before I leave, or I need one to get back home or to go to the next country. You're in a new country, like you don't know their healthcare system. What's it like? And where yeah. are you getting these tests? So, yeah, let's at least um, because it's going to get confusing for people because they don't necessarily know the different types of tests. Right. So let's start with what is what type Break of tests. Break it down for us. <laughs> yeah, there's 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 a PCR test. Um, that's a the poly chain reactive something or other. Basically, what they're oh, doing is it's a prepared. you can there's a couple <laughs> different. <laughs> um, this particular test is like the gold standard for testing for COVID. And they they use this one because it's the most accurate and it can capture a wider range of um, when you uh, when you're in the incubation period. Right. So like if you're not yet showing symptoms, this is more likely 
to um, this is more likely to show up uh, if you're if you have COVID, and if you're tapering off, you're more likely to show on this thing. So it's going to be a little bit more accurate, and it takes a longer time because what they're doing is they're taking your sample and they're like reproducing it many, many, many times over. So basically, like they can do this reaction where they're trying to re- they're trying to identify your virus and they'll reproduce it. 30 times over and copy it so that there's enough virus for them to detect it. So that's why the PCR tests take a little while. Like these ones can take 24, 48 hours. Um, before when the, when the uh, pandemic first started, this thing would take up to a week for certain people, but they've gotten very fast at doing that. And generally there's a couple of different types. One is the nasal swab, the one that everybody hates. And then the other one mm-hmm. is like, there's actually a spit test that you can do, which is also PCR, but that one's a little less accurate. But uh, that's why you see that one is very, very standard. Like sometimes entering countries, they'll require a PCR test because it's very, very accurate, captures a wider range of when you have COVID without symptoms. The second one is an antigen test. And this one's like, you'd hear of like a rapid test. People have heard of that before. Um, and this one is, uh, it, car- it captures a, a more narrow band of when you may have COVID. Uh, and generally it's only accurate when you have, and if you have symptoms. So if you're incubating, it's not going to pick it up. If you're coming down from your symptoms, it's probably not going to pick it up. Um, but it's very, very fast. You'll actually get results within mm-hmm. 10, 15 minutes, uh, a couple hours at the very max. Unfortunately, a lot of places that you travel now, most of the places that I've traveled that do require tests will allow this antigen test. And that's very helpful because it's a lot cheaper. Like in um, US dollars, you're looking at, mm, I don't know, 10 to 50 bucks on the very high end. And you're going to get your results back instantly, print them out, and you can take them to wherever you're going to go. And you can use that as, as proof. Um, so that's an antigen test. And the last one that people talk about is the, um, it's like the, uh, the antibodies test. So people want to know if they've had COVID at some point, you get an antibody test and that's the little, uh, finger prick. And that basically takes a little, um, sample of your blood and very, very quickly they'll find out if you have antibodies to COVID at some point, meaning you had it at some point. That's no good to tell you if you have it right now because it takes weeks to build up these enough antibodies to show up on the test. And you cannot use that as a test, the proof that you've had it or you don't have it. It's just for you to know, did I have it some point in the past? And it's a little controversial because it's not all that accurate. We know people that have had COVID and then got an antibody test and nothing shows up multiple times. We've seen that happen. Um, So I don't put a whole lot of stock in that. Um, But yeah, those are the three types of tests, basically. So the next question was, where are you? Yeah, so you, let's say you're, most people are probably a little more familiar with their, you know, if you're if you're leaving from home, where you can go to get it and things like that. But how have you navigated? And Diego, chime in. I'm happy to chime in as well, because we've all had to get them while traveling. Um, where are you, Jeff, getting these tests when you're in Romania or in Italy or yeah. in Spain or wherever you've been? Yeah, you'll find by uh, Googling online that you'll, get almost nowhere when you're in a foreign country when you're somewhere else. It's very, very hard. I thought you were and the, say, you can find it in an instant. <laughs> no, 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 you can't. And I'm glad we're having this conversation because people might just go there and assume that you can just Google COVID tests somewhere. And yeah. it's going to be, uh, you know, the things that you search for online are going to be in a different language. They're going to be unreliable. They're, and, and a lot of times you're going to find that these, these test sites are just like mobile vans. 
right? And there's mm-hmm. there's nothing there's nothing on Google Maps for that, and there's nothing necessarily online. Um, so um, I found a good way is uh, one a lot of places you can get your test at the airport very near the airport. Mm-hmm. People are setting up either in the airport or nearby like uh, mobile vans, mobile, uh, mobile setups where you can get tests done before you go on a flight. Usually again, that antigen test because you can get it rapid. You can get it very quickly. Um, also a note on that, you can also get a rapid PCR, which is very, very fast, but it's more expensive. So if you do need the PCR and you need it less than you know, 48 hours, you can get a rapid one. It's just more expensive. Um, okay, so getting back to the point, um, yeah, airports are one, uh, two, um, ask people, ask the local people, they will know, um, you'll even see them accidentally just walking around the streets, these little mobile setups and stuff, but ask a pharmacy, um, and ask people on the ground because they're going to know where these places are probably better than you're going to find online. Uh, third thing is you can look on, there's like government websites, depending on where you go, that will list out places that have um, COVID tests. And it's not going to be thorough. It's just going to have like the main view. Like if you go, if you look at a city, it's going to have like the main one or two. And it's usually going to be like a lab or like uh, a hospital kind of thing. They're not going to list out all those mobile trucks where you want to go because it's quick and easy. It's going to list out like hospital stuff. So that's kind of like a last... That's like a last resort type of thing um, to do that kind of thing. So like uh, I would recommend asking around, uh, ask your pharmacist, that kind of thing. Um, and they'll yeah. point you to like an easy, an easy spot to go. Those are really, really, really great tips. And I have seen more than ever that airports now really mostly have them set up in the airport as kind of part of the process. I know months ago that was not the thing and you had to do all the things you're asking. And I think if you're on the ground and like concerned that maybe you have it and just want to get tested, I'll like go to those local places. Um, now, just as a, just to be mindful, most places in airports have this set up if they're requiring it from there, which is awesome. So for example, um, I was flying out of Madrid back to the States a few weeks ago and um, I actually, I was flew, I flew in the day before. So usually you have to get the test within like 72 hours of flying. So I was, I was like too nervous. I was going to, I don't know, something was going to happen or it wouldn't take too long, like to do it the day of the test. Cause I was flying in the morning. So I did it the day before at the airport mm-hmm. when I got there, but I was checking in for my flight and people are really very unaware. And this guy was checking in who they were like, you have to have a, a COVID test result, sir. And he was like, what? I do? You know, it's like yeah. an hour and a half before the flight. And they're like, walk down the hall, turn this way. Yeah. They're kind of hard to find, but they they are there often now. So um, even if it's like the day before you fly or the day of, if you, you know, again, try to get it yeah. I think, in a local place ahead of time. Because I also have a lot of... Um, a lot of friends, not as many nomad friends, but I have a lot of um, friends who don't travel as much who needed to go somewhere for like abroad for a friend's wedding or things like that. And they were so scared they weren't going to be able to get back home. Um, if, you know, they had to get a COVID test. And they're like, what if I get, what if I get COVID or I, ha-, you know, it shows positive and I can't get home. And mm. again, that's actually really something to consider and, and really think through if you want to be traveling right now. Um, because the the truth of it is, it still is possible to get COVID while you're gone. And what does that mean for you? Where do you stay? You have to really say like, okay, I'm going to be okay quarantining in this place for call it, you know, 10, 14 days, whatever they require. 
um, in a place where you are. So just something to be mindful of yeah. as well. Couple, yeah, a couple, couple things on that. Um, one, yeah, when you are traveling somewhere, you do run the risk of getting COVID. Yeah. And yeah. if you start feeling sick, you need to find a place to get a test, right? Yeah. And then if you do get sick, you have to be, you have to figure out a backup solution to isolate yourself for, for what is it, 10, yeah. 10, 14 days, whatever it is. Yeah. And that might mean renting an Airbnb. And you have to keep in mind, you, know, you have to rent an Airbnb that's, um, that's, uh, has an automated check-in where you don't have to go face to face with people, you know, and that also could mean you have to stay in a hotel for 10 days and you have to double mask yeah. when you go and check in. So, I mean, there's a, there's a real risk there. You actually have to consider what would it, what would yeah. happen? And could I tolerate isolating in this country for yeah. an additional 10 to 14 days somewhere? And how, what's my solution for doing that? That's a r- very real mm-hmm. thing. Yeah, definitely important to think of. And just um, a heads up, like a, a brief note on that as well to afford things like that, right? Um, health insurance, mm-hmm. a lot of a lot of travel insurance. So as nomads, we all travel with additional travel insurance on top of whatever health insurance we might have in our country if we have that too. Um, and a lot of them are covering COVID now as well. So Safety Wing, World Nomads, um, there's a bunch of different, um, we'll do an, we need to do like a whole episode on, on travel insurance and what that means for travel health insurance. But some of these things are covered, but more so, um, like again, price wise, but for your mental sanity, like Jeff said, like, would you be okay if you're in whatever country, if you're with friends or whoever else, like being by yourself, what can you afford for yourself to stay? And, um, yeah, like, can you get food there? Can you, get meals like do you have someone to deliver it or is there food delivery there so yeah i've definitely had can friends who had to isolate in places yes can you work from yeah. there while you're doing it um all things to consider so all of that being said so we've talked a lot about just deciding if travel is right in general what you're researching and doing before kind of on the ground stuff to move around between countries um let's talk about some of our own experiences just specific country specific examples of what it's been like because it's very very different it's not a lot of people say like what's it like you know it's it's, there's not one blanket answer to say this is what it's like when you travel from country to country it's very different based on just like entering leaving the process what it's like while you're there um diego i don't know if you want to kick it off with any examples of maybe what it's like in south africa or anywhere else you've been recently and then we can all just kind of share a couple of examples yeah sure I, look, I think that the easiest way to think about this is that you kind of have different tiers of how strict a country is going to be about the, their regulations and what they're expecting you to do. Um, the, you know, on the on the more sort of relaxed end, you can walk around without a mask um, outdoors. You probably only have to put your mask on if you're going indoors somewhere, and um, there might not even be an expectation to have uh, a vaccine or, or you know, COVID test to to enter buildings or go somewhere, right? So that's really like the the sort of very relaxed end of the spectrum. And that's not so common in my opinion, at least from what I've seen in countries. Um, On the very strict end of of the spectrum, you've got, you know, you have to wear masks outdoors. Um, In Italy, for example, you had to show a COVID test before you were going to enter any, any place to sit down at a restaurant, right? So, um, or COVID test or, or, you know, proof of vaccine, right? So that's, that's a much more intense version of it where they're kind of, the government's kind of um, pushing people to um, all get, get the vaccine. Um, so that's one of the strategies they're doing. So that's that's sort of the more extreme version of something that you will see. And then there is everything in between as well, right? 
And so to give you an example of where it's more relaxed, at least from my perspective, and maybe, maybe you guys can add a few more of those um, in a second as well, the, the relaxed ones, the strict ones. So I've seen it was very relaxed in, in Mexico. Again, actually it depends on where you go. So Playa del Carmen is, mm. is super relaxed, yeah. but then Oaxaca is much more strict. So the areas of Mexico yeah. matter as well. Um, I, it was pretty relaxed in my opinion in, in I would say in Germany. I mean, I'm, I'm from there as well. Um, in terms of that, you don't need to be wearing a mask when you're outdoors. But then people are also very, they're very, you know, being Germans as, as we are, we're going to follow the rules. So everybody's following whatever rules being put out there, we're, we're on it. Um, yeah. I'm I was shocked there weren't more rules in Germany. <laughs> oh, no, there are plenty. There are plenty. We just follow them all. So uh, we don't need to talk about them very often. <laughs> um, and then seeing here in South Africa was, was an interesting one, actually, because this is actually, to me, the most confusing place when it comes to COVID. Because... Um, it's about 50-50. You see people walking with the masks on. You see people walking without the masks on out, outdoors. So you don't really know what it is. Um, of course, you know, check check what's official. And I would always recommend doing whatever is, is official because, you know, that, again, as a respectful um, guest of that country, that's probably what you want to be doing. But but yeah, that's to give you a bit of an idea. Um, other places, again, Italy was probably more on the strict side. So yeah, what about you guys? What have you seen? Everything. I mean, you, you kind of just have to go with the local customs and and like you said mexico is interesting because some places it's like the pandemic never happened there's nothing no masking nothing um and then other places oaxaca was, was so weird um because everywhere that you go um they were they were fairly strict uh but in very weird ways so like when you oh, walk the, into the a food. restaurant <laughs> or when you would walk into a convenience store you have to walk on a wet mat and then dry your feet after because <laughs> It they were doing be. that in, in Playa del Carmen for a while. Yeah, that is how COVID be, spreads, by the way. They, they were adamant yeah, about yeah. it, that yeah. there was COVID on your feet. <laughs> it was from, so odd. From one shoe to the next, and then it just travels through your <laughs> shoes, and it gets you. It's so odd. And then there's other places where they would spray us with a gun. It was shaped like yeah. a gun, and it would spray Playa out some, <laughs> some strange mist, a mystery mist, and also with like a UV, <laughs> UV light, and somehow it would kill the COVID on your exterior i don't know it was so odd um and then uh, there's a place in san crist uh, no, not san cristobal san miguel de allende um where anytime you walk into the town square there's this big inflatable misting machine and it would mist you as you walked in this is outside by the way it would mist you and then somebody found out that it was actually grapefruit juice that they were spraying on us <laughs> and it was just all it was all for show Sounds kind of lovely, actually. It actually kind of nice. Yeah. So so it really depended <laughs> on where you live. Um, but uh, yeah, so more recently in Europe, um, yeah, I've seen wide ends of the spectrum. Like uh, in Hungary, I saw zero masking, or maybe one out of 20 wearing a mask. Um, no vaccine card checks, nothing. Very, very, very lax. Um, and then I saw in Italy uh, a pretty, pretty strong, like, control. So, like, anywhere that you go inside, you're expected to wear a mask as you move around until you sit down. And you're going to get checked for your vaccine card 100% of the time. Everywhere you go, they want to see the vaccine card. If you're dining inside, if uh, you don't have it, you have to leave or you have to dine outside. It's a requirement. Um, and then we, I've seen right in the middle, like uh, we were all in Romania, Romania at the beginning they had double digit COVID cases and it was very, very lax. You didn't have to show your vaccine card anywhere. And then by the time 
I think most of us left, me and Marissa and Diego, um, their COVID cases just skyrocketed probably because of that. I mean, it was like an exponential graph, a terrifying looking graph. And then they made a mandate overnight that said every place has to check for vaccines or the businesses, uh, business will get fined and they could go out of business, all kinds of very strict measures. Um, and people uh, rioted over it. It was, it was a whole mess. So it really depends on where you're going and the number of cases. But really, then, before I go anywhere, check the number of cases online and you'll yeah. get an idea of how strict it's going to be. That's a good point as well. Yeah. So I'll share a couple of uh, quick examples to. Uh, when I was in Guatemala, I guess it was back in um, maybe like February, March at the beginning of 2020. I'm like, what year is it? 2021. Um, it was it was actually interesting. Like everybody on the streets outside, like everybody was wearing a mask. And it's like, it, as Diego said, like you fit in with the culture. It's important to wear a mask. You know, when it's hot outside, like just walking down the street, inside, outside, wherever. A lot of places there would check your temperature when you walked in. You know, they have things like that. Um, so that that was an interesting one, but that was kind of pre like when everybody had the vaccine. So that um, I don't know what it would be like there now. But more recently in Europe, again, like Jeff is saying, there's a whole spectrum of what was going on. When I first got to Bulgaria, I was living in a little mountain town where you you literally would not know that COVID exists. And, you know, mostly people are outdoors and it's small and um, there just really wasn't much talk of it. It wasn't around. It would It would probably be different in the cities and things like that. And then, um, you know, I was kind of all through Europe. So there was a little bit mix of, I would say the common theme is everybody likes to wear masks in grocery stores. That's kind of like a big uh, <laughs> common, like only the grocery stores. Uh, so I guess weird. It's like, you know, if you're in restaurants, you're eating it, but the bars are open, you know, I don't know. It's, it's very bizarre. But I remember even um, in some different countries, you would have to have a vaccine card to go into a bar or to go into, you know, different restaurants. Um, I was in Latvia towards uh, most recently, as you said, Jeff, when the COVID cases in Europe started spiking again. And when I got to Latvia, it was the most difficult for me um, because you had to have, as Jeff said, a vaccine card to go in to sit at a, you know, I was trying to work from cafes and things like that. And um, not only did you have to have a vaccine card, but they would only accept. Um, so in Europe, the European vaccines have a QR code that's in their European system. And because I'm an American, I just had a card with, you know, it didn't scan or anything like that. And they, they would not let me in. Um, mm. So even with a vaccine, I think there was a way you could go to some place and like get them to migrate it over to their system. I was only there five or six days, so I just didn't do it. But, you know, I, I figured that out like on the last day and I was like, oh, OK, good to know. Um, but yeah, so just to be mindful, there there really is a whole spectrum. And that had they, I think they told us that had just been put into effect a couple of days before I arrived because the cases were getting um, were more and more again. So. I guess that goes back to our very beginning conversation of it changes day, literally day by day, week by week. And, you know, if you're planning a month ahead, be, be mindful. If you're planning months ahead, be very mindful um, and, and just be flexible with, with everything, I think, is the main message. The other thing I want to quickly talk about, um, people have asked me, is land borders versus flying in. So traveling mm -hmm. through Europe, um, even though, so for example, I drove from Bulgaria to Romania across the land border. And for Romania at the time, you had to have a, a vaccine or I think a test at the time to, to get in. And crossing the land borders, almost nobody, I crossed about 
seven different land borders, and I don't think one of them checked for a COVID vaccine. Um, not to say they shouldn't or shouldn't have. Maybe sometimes they do, and I, I could have had to have that information, but they tend to be much more laid back in land borders. And um, like flying, you really have to have your paperwork ahead of time. And there's still some places. I have a friend who um, has been in Ecuador since March because she's traveling by van with her dog. And um, she still hasn't left because the land borders literally aren't open. Some land borders, like you you cannot cross. I know from Guatemala to Belize, I wanted to drive from there. And you had to fly because the, the land borders were closed for a while. So just some of the random things to think through as well. And don't lose your card. <laughs> yes, take a picture of it as well. <laughs> I take a... Yes, take a picture, email it to yourself, save it as a note mm-hmm. in your phone. All like that's if you're from the states. We have a stupid system, which is a hard copy card, and if you lose it, you're screwed. <laughs> you're absolutely so true. screwed. Yeah, you have everybody to else is, is on Green Pass is great. Yeah, Green Pass yeah. is awesome. So that's the gist of everything, guys. Any other last words, pieces of advice, words of wisdom for someone thinking travel during COVID? Should they, shouldn't they? What's the what's the rituals going on? Yeah, I got one sort of last little, little thought on all of this is um, it's, it's early on when we decided that we we're actually going to start traveling again was that idea of like, you know, what what, what does traveling during COVID even mean? Um, and how much more risky is it than staying at home? And when I kind of just compared the two, I realized, well, at the end of the day, uh, yeah, tra- traveling really only means you're getting, you're getting in a, in a cab or in a car going to the airport. Yes, at the airport, you're going to be seeing some more people that you can social distance and be careful there. You get on the plane. Planes are actually incredibly safe uh, when it comes mm-hmm. to COVID. They, they have constant air filtering going on. So statistically, it's very unlikely that you will get, a, get it on a plane. Plus, everyone's sitting there with masks and they do ask you to wear um, the, the, you know, the more, more professional masks there. I, good, FP98, good point. So, or 95. Let's, let's, let's take a second with that because I yeah, think yeah. that's uh, I, just people I've talked to recently air travel that's the that's what comes up all the time i'm not comfortable with air travel and they just assume because they're in a in a tight plane with a bunch of other people that that's where they're going to get it that's not where you're going to get it it's very unlikely you're probably going to get it from a friend but like in reality on the planes they they recycle all the air i think something like every two to three minutes and you are masked and again like diego said you're unlikely to get it from the plane so this this whole fear of like the actual air travel part, it's it's pretty unjustified. Yeah, and in many cases, I you get have it. To, it's it's mentally so hard yeah, to that to like grasp, yeah. I, I always hear that, but then I grasp when I'm sitting in this tight little like bubble in the air around all these people, and it it feels weird. It it feels very strange. But what were you saying, Diego? Well, yeah, and add to that that in many cases, people are required, well, most cases, people are required to be vaccinated if they're going to be traveling. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. Um, in many cases, you know, even vaccinated and have proof of a recent COVID, negative COVID test um, so that they can travel. So it's just, yeah, again, everything points to how unlikely it is that someone with COVID is even going to be on the plane in the first place. And then if they are, then again, it's incredibly yeah. um, difficult for them to pass that on to, to many other people, right? So in short, the flight isn't really the, the big issue either. And then you say you land, you get to the place that you're going to be at. And then, well, you know, it's up to you. It's life like it was in the other country that you were in, wherever you were. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, in some places it's more relaxed. In some places it's more strict. But if you're coming from the U.S., you know, people are way more relaxed about it than in most of the countries that I'm traveling to. So you're actually 
yeah, from everything I've seen, you're actually less likely to be uh, picking it up and spreading it in many other countries than maybe even um, back at home, right? Of course, unless you are going to Pietal Carmen, in which case, yeah. <laughs> yeah, Tulum, everybody just spreading it there. But it is interesting. And, and you're just mentioning, Diego, like a lot of people are vaccinated, but I've got a lot of friends traveling and um, even family at home who have been vaccinated and then got COVID afterwards. So again, all of this is to say, like, this is a, I guess, a disclaimer at the end to say, like, you know, everything is your own risk and to be mindful of other people. It's still very real. We're doing the best we can. And I think just trying to um, still live, live life, I suppose, in, um, in the best way that that we know how and really the decision comes down to, you know, your own comfort and your mindfulness for those around you and, and what you feel is right. So I think by this, we wanted to share our experience and, and some knowledge of just kind of being on the ground and doing it. But at the end of the day, it's really what feels right and comfortable to you. Anybody afraid of getting a COVID test? It's really quick. It's, it's not a big deal. So if you <laughs> haven't gotten one, most people have, but if you haven't gotten one, like it's, it's really quick and it's not a big deal. It's like ripping a bandit off. It's like really uncomfortable for like I feel yeah. like thirty seconds. You're like, what just happened? And then and then you're, it's okay. Yeah. No, so, I guess I definitely cried. Guys... <laughs> I cried. It hits the tear duct. I think I don't know what it is. Like, yeah. <laughs> or the brain. Yeah. Both hurt. <laughs> yeah, I have one just like... done in Vienna, and they are thorough in Austria. I mean, they got in there and. <laughs> six different directions oh. like oh my god it was very very thorough <laughs> they follow the rules in austria too <laughs> yeah the most gentle one for me was romania uh, really <laughs> yeah so there's two nice points one. now for romania <laughs> <laughs> we need to do an episode on romania we still haven't done that yet because we're all there yeah, controversial the one time but <laughs> controversial romania I've got, much, I've got lots of love for romania i'm going back there let's do a romania what? oh look at that yeah, Marissa. look at that i've got i've got lots of love that's probably the first place i'll go back to in europe to be honest what? Oh, yeah. you can't... Change, jeff jeff you uh, need a message uh, Oda. <laughs> she's my girlfriend oh she's no romanian. absolutely i I I feel like I've got so many. This is the small cities that really do it. I actually, now that I reflect back on Bucharest, I I do feel some love <laughs> for it. It is it is ugly. It's not it's not pretty, but I've got some love for it, and I I would definitely go back to Romania. Oh my gosh, interesting. I got a little nostalgic towards the end. I won't lie at being in Bucharest, but I I wouldn't say I would go back in any near term unless it was for a very important reason of some sort, but. Um, Romania okay, this episode. definitely needs an episode then all right that one's coming yeah. soon Romania Diego's gonna do it on South Africa individual oh, countries that. would be cool we should talk about individual countries people might want to hear yeah just that. our experience there yeah, yeah. let us know comment if you if you want to hear about any specific countries we've all been to and with that I hope that you guys got a lot of super helpful information out of this with COVID, as always, check out our resources if you're interested in getting a remote job so you can travel the world like we're talking about here. All of us are working while we are in these places. So check out the notes, but um, beachcommute.com slash seven jobs will get you seven remote jobs that the digital nomads are most commonly doing. And with that, we will see you next time. Thanks for joining. Thank you.